The flight deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org slash podcast. Hello and welcome to The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I am your host, Sean Mobley. Today's episode is a bit different in style from our usual format. Since it's New Year's Eve, I wanted to do something special and take people on a behind-the-scenes journey of how an exhibit at the museum is developed. This process is fascinating to me, and I wanted to bring you along for the ride. So this episode is months in the making, tracking the development and creation of the latest of the rotating model displays put out by the Northwest Scale Modelers Association at the museum in partnership with the Museum of Flight. If you've ever wondered about the process of taking an exhibit from idea to finished product, you'll enjoy this glimpse at all the work that goes into planning an exhibit. On December 5th, 2019, a group of enthusiastic modelers gathered at the Museum of Flight to debut their latest work. Uh, what I'm doing right now is actually trying to get the lint off the black. We are disassembling the case, sending the models home, and then we're going to refill them with, new, uh, with the new display. These are members of the Northwest Scale Modelers Association, a loosely bound group of people from around the area who are joined by their shared love of model making. It's a club that uh, had its genesis in the late 80s in North Seattle. Tim Nelson is a member of the Northwest Scale Modelers Association. Around 1990, an arrangement was reached where the club would actually meet here at the museum in exchange for hosting a big show. For decades, the Northwest Scale Modelers have partnered with the Museum of Flight to create exhibits displaying the best of the modelers' work, based on themes relevant to the museum's own exhibits and collection. And that started in about 2006 with a couple of temporary cases. The museum actually commissioned the two display cases that we now have uh, outside the cafe. And so we reached an agreement to conduct quarterly displays in 2007, and we've been doing that ever since. In addition to being a member of the association, Tim is part of the club's curator group who design each exhibit. While this evening the group is gathered to install Tim's newest exhibit, tonight is just the tip of the iceberg. The process of creating this exhibit goes back over half a decade. So I'm going to move uh, Celebrity Aircraft to October 1st, 2026. Back in the mid-2010s, the Scale Modeler Curator Team gathered to plan out several years of exhibits in advance. So before we get too far down the road on scheduling, could I ask a question? The lead time is necessary to make sure models are ready for the big day. Especially for models going into one of these museum displays, we try to be uh, as historic and technically accurate as we can be. They handle all of their own content. They make all their models. After the planning, the modelers meet with the museum's internal exhibits team to make sure the model displays fit the museum's own plans and calendar. The place where we come in with them is graphic content, making sure the cases look 
good and are not getting too damaged. And then our team will help if they have any models that hang. Mandy Faber is a graphic designer for the Museum of Flight's exhibit department and works closely with the Northwest scale modelers on each display. Everything in the museum has pictures or words from like the smallest artifact label to like the giant 50 foot mural of a lunar rover are things that I work on. They've got their plan for cases for exhibits all the way up to 2027, which is <laughs> amazing. Back at installation night, the old exhibit has been swept out and a few changes are made to the interior of the exhibit case. Excellent. Modelers make a final inspection of their work before preparing to put them in the cases. While the curators are responsible for the overall content, they rely on their comrades to build models to populate the exhibit. Today I've got just the uh, Fokker trimotor, 1933 uh, airliner with uh, Japan Air Transport Corporation. Modelers like Morgan Gerling, who contributed a relatively well-known plane and a not-so-well-known paint scheme. I started looking around for something, for a scheme that was interesting, and uh, one of the other modelers, Will Perry, uh, said, why don't you do this Japanese one? It's more colorful. So that was fun. For this exhibit, titled Now Boarding, The Birth of Air Travel, Tim needed almost 40 models, many made from scratch or using pre-made kits that were nonetheless very heavily modified to fit the theme. Some of these vintage aircraft types, it's probably two-thirds kit, one-third having to augment the kit. Even using a pre-made kit. Sometimes model building is no easy task. Only gave us a, a modest amount of, of combat. Added rigging, replaced some of the plumbing with solder. It ended up building it fairly nicely. Though the Northwest Scale Modelers are an outside organization, since the display is going up inside the Museum of Flight, we hold their work to a high standard. We do have pretty strict rules about using images that are licensed or are in the public domain. It's important to give credit where credit's due. We've gotten into a good flow with that of, of making sure before we use anything in a display that like, where's this from? We, we make sure it's credited on the display. The models themselves, they're really high quality. If there's ever an issue, we, we have a good enough relationship with them where we can talk and figure out what's going on. During the planning phase, once the topic has been selected, curator assigned, and content written, the museum's exhibits team does the actual design and fabrication of the signage working very closely with the modelers. Two weeks before install, they've got to have all of the content ready. Mandy will take the materials that we input, create the graphics. If there's any edits, we'll get those back to her. Some of the curators for Northwest Scale Modelers have a very specific idea they want. Like there was one guy I worked with that said, there's this movie poster that I remember seeing about zeros one that was an exhibit about Japanese aircraft. And he was like, I love that poster. I want to do something like that. So, oh, okay, well, that's a very clear. And sometimes it'll just be, I don't know. I've got some pictures of an airbase. The theme is blank. So there's there's definitely flexibility with that. With Tim, travel posters was kind of something that he, he had a bunch of them in his folder of like, hey, maybe we could use these images. It's very romanticized. Make it feel like it's a travel poster from the time. And that my thought process was the model's in the cases are sort of like the aircraft and the travel poster. This sort of visual design of the display can be very new territory for the volunteer curators because they need to set aside thinking like a model maker and start thinking like a person designing an exhibit meant to capture the average visitor's attention, a visitor who likely has no idea what they're looking at 
and importantly, keep the visitor interested. There can be a tendency to want to pack in tons of information, which is great for the people that really want tons of information, but the average museum goer isn't going to spend seven minutes reading a panel. No matter how much work and research goes into creating a sign in a museum, the average museum visitor spends only seconds looking at a sign. So the curator has to rein in their impulse to share all the interesting facts they've learned along the way. In fact, as demonstrated by a recent change made in the Museum of Flight's Apollo exhibit, sometimes less text can mean more reading. We had a panel in that pre-Apollo area that is early sci-fi, 13 photos. And they each had an individual photo caption underneath it that was a separate material. And there was a big paragraph that was like a page of a book on the wall. How do you even know what's the important image to look at if there are 13 of them and they each have a caption and stuff like that? We took what we thought was like the important image, blew that one up, made that one the larger one, and then picked out two or three that we're supporting. And it seems to make a better visual presentation because it's not as busy and people are spending more time reading what's there with there's less there's less information and people are spending more time reading it, which is like backwards, but there's less for them to read and they know what they know what to look at and they know what to to read. Back at installation night, the final touches are put on the display. I am placing the uh, explanatory placards that go with each model. Uh, so far, so good. Three dozen airplane models, ranging from small puddle jumpers to experimental designs to big cutting-edge airliners of the 1930s form a collage of colors with their diverse paint jobs. Each model expertly detailed to help you imagine what it must have been like to fly in these early days of aviation. Any other pictures before we seal it up? Celebratory photos are snapped and with a thunk, the exhibit cases are sealed. Thank you guys. Appreciate all the difficult modeling. A few days after the hustle and bustle of the installation, I met up with Tim next to his new display to see how visitors were receiving the exhibit. In general, the cases seem to attract a lot of attention. New display holiday crowds, more colorful than our usual display, so I expect as many nose prints as usual. And even though the installation of this display just happened, as you can imagine, work is already well underway on the next display. Uh, our next display is going in in May. It's sort of tied with the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II. After our conversation, I took some time to people watch at the exhibit. I saw visitors waiting in line for their lunch glance over at the models. I saw a father need to pry his youngster away from the display because she was so mesmerized by the shiny airplanes, which must have seemed almost alien to her with their fragile wood and canvas coatings and exposed wires, to a kid whose idea of what an airplane is was probably limited to jumbo jets. I saw a large group of museum visitors speaking Mandarin to each other stop and look over the case pointing and presumably commenting on the different planes. These are the stories of the Museum of Flight, of the international and cross-generational reach of history and science. Moments like these show what museums do best, spark interest and conversation, so that a person leaves inspired to make themselves better and the world a better place. 
And these moments are possible thanks to people like Tim and Mandy and the army of people behind them that build exhibits like these. Visitors delight in the final product, having no idea just how much work it takes to build an exhibit. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. Now boarding, The Birth of Aviation will be on display outside the Wings Cafe at the museum through May 2020 in the Northwest Scale Modelers Association exhibit cases. Make sure you look for it on your next visit. You can plan your next visit to the museum on our website, museumofflight.org. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. You can contact the show at podcast at museumofflight.org. This episode is coming to you on the precipice of a new decade. And I wanted to take this opportunity to thank each of you for listening. You know, the end of the year always seems to be a good time for reflection. And I can't help but reflect on what a joy it is for me personally to share stories like these from the museum with you. Whether you're a museum member and know our galleries like the back of your hand, or you're someone living somewhere distant from Seattle who's, who's never stepped foot inside our building, just know that I appreciate you truly, I do, and hope that you enjoy learning along with me with each of these new episodes. Here is to an exciting 2020 and an amazing new decade. So until the next episode, this is your host, Sean Mobley, saying to everyone out there on that good earth, we'll see you out there, folks. <laughs> <laughs>